Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the second quarter 2021 results conference call for Canadian Utilities Limited. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Colin Jackson, Senior Vice President, Finance, Treasury, Risk, and Sustainability. Please go ahead, Mr. Jackson. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. We're pleased you could join us for our second quarter 2021 conference call. With me today is Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, Dennis Deschamplain, and CU Inc.'s Senior Vice President, Finance and Regulatory, Brian Scrobot. Dennis will begin today with some opening comments on recent company developments and our financial results. Following his prepared remarks, we will take questions from the investment community. Please note that a replay of the conference call and a transcript will be available on our website at CanadianUtilities.com and can be found in the Investors section under the heading Events and Presentations. I'd like to remind you that our remarks today will include forward-looking statements that are subject to important risks and uncertainties. For more information on these risks and uncertainties, please see the reports filed by Canadian Utilities with the Canadian Securities Regulators. And finally, I'd also like to point out that during this presentation, we may refer to certain non-GAAP measures such as adjusted earnings, adjusted earnings per share, funds generated by operations, and capital investment. These measures do not have standardized meaning within IFRS, and as a result, they may not be comparable to similar measures presented in other entities. And now, I'll turn the call over to Dennis for his opening remarks. Thanks, Colin, and good morning, everyone. Thank you all very much for joining us today on our second quarter 2021 conference call. Canadian Utilities achieved adjusted earnings of $115 million, or 43 cents per share, in the second quarter of 2021. This is $21 million, or $0.09 cents per share higher than the second quarter of last year. The $21 million of growth in, in our earnings was primarily driven by strong performance in our Puerto Rico Luma business, our Australian natural gas utility, and our Canadian distribution utilities. Our Australian natural gas utility benefit, benefited from a rising CPI, which continued to trend upwards towards a more stable level during the second quarter. Economic activity in Western Australia has also improved in 2021, with mining activity in particular looking strong coming out of the pandemic. We're optimistic that these trends will continue through the remainder of 2021 and create momentum coming out of the pandemic. In Puerto Rico, we marked a significant milestone on June 1st with the successful completion of the one-year transition period, which on top of being completed ahead of schedule, 
It involves countless regulatory, operational, safety, financial planning, and readiness activities. Following the successful transition, LUMA assumed full operation of the electricity transmission and distribution system under a supplemental agreement. We will operate under this supplemental agreement until such time that PREPA has concluded its bankruptcy proceedings, at which point we'll move directly into the 15-year operating agreement. Since commencing our work in Puerto Rico, there have been challenges, some of which have been covered in the local media. And as with any undertaking of this scale, there will always be challenges and resistance to change, but we remain committed. We'll be putting our heads down and working to meet our commitments to all stakeholders, including the people of Puerto Rico. On the regulatory front, we have continued to gain more progress on prospectivity with several decisions received in the quarter. In mid-June, the AUC issued its decision on the ATCO gas transmission application to acquire the Pioneer Pipeline. The Commission ruled favorably and approved the application as filed. The AUC also approved our application to transfer the 30-kilometer western segment of the Pioneer Pipeline to Nova Gas Transmission, as this segment is located within NGTL's service area. NGTL is waiting approval from the Canadian Energy Regulator and the transfer is expected to close in the fourth quarter of this year. Further direction on the 2023 cost of service application process for the Alberta distribution utilities was also received in June and came in largely in line with our expectations. Applications from both our electricity and natural gas distribution companies will be filed in the fourth quarter of this year. Following the one-year 2023 cost of service period, the AUC has also approved a third PBR term to commence in 2024. A generic proceeding will be initiated in the third quarter of 2022 to outline the parameters of this third PBR cycle, including a review of the term, capital funding provisions, inflation and productivity factors, and consideration of an earnings sharing mechanism. In terms of capital investment, we invested $430 million in our business in the second quarter of 2021. Of this $430 million, $412 million was invested in our core utility businesses to ensure the continued generation of stable earnings and reliable cash flows. This investment does include the Pioneer Pipeline acquisition that I noted earlier. In our energy infrastructure businesses, we continue to invest in our clean energy strategy in the second quarter, exploring opportunities in both the renewable energy generation and clean fuel streams of the strategy, including our recently announced collaboration with Suncor to pursue a world-class hydrogen production facility in Alberta. In line with this clean energy strategy, I wanted to highlight that we released our 2020 sustainability report in May of this year, which included key information on how we're positioning our business for a lower emissions future. Notably, this report highlighted the 90% reduction in scope one emissions that we achieved against 2019 through the sale of our fossil fuel generating business, along with the 17% reduction we've achieved since 2019 in our retained portfolio. Hydrogen, a clean fuel that is part of our larger clean energy strategy, will play a critical role in affordably decarbonizing the production and delivery of heat to our customers. 
Amongst other benefits, it has the potential to utilize existing pipeline infrastructure, which will greatly reduce the transition time and costs necessary to move closer to a lower emissions world. We believe that hydrogen will become an important source of revenue and profitability for Canadian utilities into the future. And that's why we've continued to take steps to maximize our presence in this market globally. In early May, we announced our plans to develop Western Australia's first commercial scale green hydrogen production facility called the Clean Energy Innovation Park in association with our joint venture partner, the Australia Gas Infrastructure Group. This project leverages the learnings from our Clean Energy Information Hub in Australia, which was focused on investigating the potential role of hydrogen in Australia's future energy mix and has been successfully blending hydrogen into our gas system in Australia. Not only is the Clean Energy Innovation Park a significant step forward for commercial hydrogen in Australia and for our own aspirations in the hydrogen market, we have also been successful in securing 29 million Australian dollars in funding from the Australian Renewable Energy Agency, referred to as ARENA, to kickstart this initiative. With the planned 10 megawatt electrolyzer, the park will be capable of producing 4.6 tons of hydrogen per day and will utilize renewable power from an existing co-located 180 megawatt wind farm. The park will also house related storage infrastructure and provide delivery to natural gas system injection points. In May, we announced that we are working with Suncor to design a clean hydrogen production facility at ATCO's Heartland Energy Center near Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. This world-class project is expected to produce more than 300,000 tons per year of clean hydrogen and reduce Alberta's CO2 emissions by more than 2 million tons per year. This hydrogen project with Suncor will significantly advance Alberta's hydrogen strategy and Canada's net zero ambitions as a whole, generating substantial economic activity and creating jobs in the process. While it remains early days for this project and there is significant technical development work to do, we're working with the provincial and federal governments to ensure that sufficient support structures are in place for a project at this scale to be successful. I also want to take a minute to highlight our recently announced Renewable Natural Gas, or RNG, development with Future Fuel Limited that is located near Two Hills, Alberta, which is about an hour and a half drive just east of Edmonton. The facility will utilize organic and agriculture waste from nearby communities to produce approximately 230,000 gigajoules per year of RNG. This is enough renewable natural gas to fuel 2,500 homes and will lead to the avoidance of up to 20,000 tons per year of CO2 equivalent emissions. While the scale is much smaller than the hydrogen opportunity we discussed a couple of minutes ago, this project and others like it that we intend to explore in the near term are critical to our larger clean fuel strategy. This project serves as a blueprint for other rapidly executable projects and will provide near-term earnings and cash flows to support the ongoing development of our lar larger and longer lead hydrogen initiatives. And lastly, I wanted to mention Atco Energy's June launch of Rumi, an innovative start startup aimed at providing homeowners with solutions for everyday household challenges by connecting them with trusted professionals. 
Rumi offers smart home technology products and repair and maintenance services to the Calgary and Edmonton markets, in addition to a wealth of general home management advice. All in all, Canadian utilities carried the momentum from the first quarter of 2021 into a strong second quarter and will continue to push hard heading into the second half of this year. That does conclude my prepared remarks, and I'll now turn the call back over to Colin. Thank you, Dennis. In the interest of time, we ask that you limit yourself to two questions. If you have additional questions, you are welcome to rejoin the queue. I will turn it over to the conference coordinator now for questions. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speaker phone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw from the question queue, please press star, then two. Webcast participants are welcome to click on the Submit Question tab near the top of the webcast frame and type their question. The Canadian Utilities Investor Relations Team will follow up with you by email after the call. Once again, we ask anyone on the conference call who wishes to ask a question <coughs> may press star, then one at this time. Our first call comes from Maurice Choi, RBC Capital Market. Go ahead, please. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thank you and good morning. Um, my first question re relates to you know all the clean energy initiatives that you've announced. Obviously, you've got the hydro that you previously announced in Australia, the renewables in Chile, uh, RNG in Alberta, as well as the hydrogen production facilities that may come online in Alberta and Australia. If you were to draw a spectrum of returns and compare these initiatives uh, against perhaps the 8.5% base allow ROE you get for Alberta regulate utilities. How would that spectrum look like and how would you rank these initiatives? Uh, uh, good morning, Maurice. Um, I hope you're, uh, hope you're staying safe. Yeah, the, uh, the utility returns would be, we'll say at the, the far left of the spectrum with the, uh, the, the lowest risk and therefore the lowest return. The other projects that you've um, you've outlined, you know, uh, maybe I should maybe I should check that. Um, right now, we're seeing solar returns, returns for solar projects, that coming in lower than uh, than the, the utility returns. Right, right, right in around that area in terms of a of an equity um, return on equity returns. The other the other projects. Uh, you know, we really do need to look at them on a project-by-project -project basis. Uh, you know, our uh, our method of operating, we we prefer long contracted um, assets with credible counterparties, um, also with partnering with uh, like-minded uh, firms that share our values. You know, as we go to de-risk the investments. 
I, I can't tell you, you know, for for certain whether the a Central West Pump Hydro would be uh, more or less risky than uh, uh, the hydrogen project. It depends on you know the the long term contracted outputs, the the inputs, what kind of backstops you may have from uh, from counterparties, and what have you. But uh, we'll, we do because of the additional risks. Those returns are north of the uh, of the utility returns. I'd say um, kind of somewhat obvious, uh, but uh, I'm not prepared to get into uh, specific returns for uh, specific projects due to commercial reasons. But that's fair enough. Um, maybe as a follow up to that, would it be fair to say that you wouldn't enter into these initiatives? Um, after considering the government funding or subsidies that you may receive, that you wouldn't enter into these initiatives unless it's at least in line, if not better than the Alberta returns, again, recognizing that you do outperform in Alberta as well? Um, well, we, we, do, we need to take a look at the, at the projects. You know, we, as, as we scan the environment, the utilities, I'm going to say, are at the, at, the, at the far left of the spectrum. So, you know, if we can't completely de-risk it down to utility, uh, utility level, then, uh, yes, we would be expecting higher returns. Understood. Um, and then my second question. But, 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 you, but you do hit on a, a good point of uh, kind of the approved return versus the achieved return coming out of our, our utilities, which we do take into account as well. So when you look at your far left of uh, the spectrum, is that the eight and a half or is it eight and a half plus of performance? Uh, there's there's a range there depending, you know, the, um, you know, given the regulatory resets and what we uh, what we have achieved over uh, over the last decade of uh, north of 200 basis points uh, outperformance. Um, you know, we we get asked, uh, "What are you going to do for me next year?" And how are you going to restock those saving shelves? Um, we do continue to outperform. It's a challenge to to management, and the teams do a great job of doing it. So I'll say uh, we we do bank on somewhat outperformance. Um, and the uh, and the exact amount, uh, I'll say we don't have an exact amount, and it's a bit of a range given the uh, the regulatory pressures and our views going forward. Understood. Um, and then my second question, um, you know, maybe take a few years forward into the SunCore clean hydrogen project that you you're considering. Um, could you, if you were to FID this uh, later um, this decade? Can you help us understand roughly what type of investment um, your share would be, and would you consider bringing on a partner alongside yourselves and Suncor? Um, well, it, never say never with uh, with uh, another partner. Um, we we do think between ourselves and Suncor, we uh, we have the the capacity and the skills required in order to execute the project. Uh, Suncor brings, uh, you know, uh, hydrogen production experience, large project management experience. We're, uh, you know, we're in the, the storage and piping business, so we uh, we believe that we have the the capability required and the capacity required to to do the project on our own. 
in terms of uh, capital costs and economic return details, I mean, those are, are still being worked out. Um, given that it's, uh, it's a world-class scale, there's great long-term potential for the project, and we're, uh, we're continuing to, to work through those, those details. I guess, would it be fair to look at the balance sheet capacity that you have, in particular using the proceeds from the recent asset sales? Would you say that what you have today is enough to fund you know, these and all the other initiatives that you've announced so far? Uh, yeah, we've looked at the, the, the stacking of opportunities, and we wouldn't have uh, pursued the, um, the hydrogen production facility with Suncor if we didn't have the ability to uh, the financial capacity and ability to proceed with it. And, you know, we've been, uh, I think, relatively clear on our strategy with regards to clean fuels and renewable energy. Um, the, the pace and quantum can, uh, can flux with opportunities, um, but we do have that capacity to execute on all the initiatives in our uh, in our strategy. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Maurice. Our next call comes from Andrew Kuski, Credit Suisse. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Good morning. Um, maybe I'll start with a narrow question first. And obviously, we've seen some pretty robust inflation numbers around the world and you know, various regions is a bit different. But could you maybe just address any near-term positive impacts you have from the inflation data just by way of the regulatory mechanisms you have? And then uh, the flip side of that is, are you experiencing any cost pressures in any of your assets? Um, sure. Maybe, maybe I'll start and then I'll ask uh, Brian Scrobot, who heads up uh, the finance and regulatory from CU Inc. to to talk about the Alberta utilities. <clears throat> I mean, we are seeing the, the positive impacts from the uh, inflation in Australia. Um, last year, I think we had, we had recorded in the first six months about 0.3% in inflation. And this year, it's been 1% uh, inflation. So that additional 70 beeps accounts for about 7 million dollars in uh, in adjusted earnings coming out of Australia so a a, a, a great benefit uh, in terms of the adjusted earnings coming from Australia we do see um, cost pressures in Australia um, along you know and lengthening of uh, some lead times in order to get um, materials uh, pipe in particular um, into into Perth to execute on our projects but that uh, it's all very manageable right now. Um, the, the other elements, we'll maybe turn it over to Brian for some, some color on the Alberta regulatory environment and impacts on PBR and, and your costs, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Dennis. Um, thanks, Andrew, for your question. Yeah, as Dennis mentioned in Alberta, um, we do the PBR mechanisms for the, the distribution utilities adjust for inflation. So to the extent that we uh, have higher inflation, that gets adjusted into future rates. That said, similar to Australia, um, we are seeing some inflationary pressures on our materials, but not too significant, very manageable. 
We have really long, good long-term relationships uh, with our suppliers. We're not seeing any issues um, in terms of getting that material at reasonable rates. Continue to monitor through that, but uh, nothing of significance to to Alberta for the inflation at this time. Thank you. That's that, that's helpful. I'd, for a second question, a little bit different, uh, and really relates to Prepa. And you, Dennis, you mentioned this in your prepared remarks. Just a bit of the resistance to change that's been documented, and that you're committed to making the situation there better. You know, it, it, you, and not, not to belittle. The, the dynamics of business is difficult, but you're very capable. And I'm not trying to be patronizing about this because you've got a, you've got a very extensive track record of doing these kinds of things. But is this just a function of time to win hearts and minds, uh, and just delivering what you've promised to deliver in the front end and in a very public process uh, through you know the the whole dynamics around Prepa and how you wind up with the contract? Yeah, um, a great question, Andrew. I mean, if if you look at the the vested interests uh, in in Prepa for us going in, and I'll say versus um, what's in the hearts and minds of the people of Puerto Rico, I think there's a general consensus, overwhelming consensus, that uh, a transformational change is required. There was a, a JP Power customer satisfaction survey, and out of 50 companies, uh, Prepa was number 50, and they had a heck of a long way to get to number 49 on the list. And you know that that wasn't any of the uh, we'll call it the stakeholders with the uh, the vested interests uh, in 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 Prepa. That were that was the customers, and that's been our focus um, going in. Uh, winning the the hearts and minds of uh, customers, we had a we had there was a, a large fire on June 11th. It knocked out uh, about a million customers. We had them all back online, you know, within 26 hours. I think just over a day. Um, and I know you you weren't belittling at all in your comments, but you know the way our teams worked through it in the methodical, safe, efficient manner. Uh, it just exudes that uh, operational excellence and the, the pride that, that we have in the people down in Luma. Um, you know, some of the, the management stocked from Quanta and from ATCO um, and on the, the, the boots on the ground coming from uh, ex-PREPA employees was was just wonderful to see. We're not out of the woods yet. There's a lot of work to do, but as we continue to perform and execute, uh, we hope the, the public sentiment will will help turn the vested interests and the, the noise will quieten down and, and let us get on with uh, giving the uh, uh, Puerto Ricans the uh, electrical system that they deserve. Um, in the years coming forward. That's great. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Our next question comes from Mark Jarvie, CIBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, I wanted to start with RNG, and he talked about uh, sort of an announcement earlier, a couple months ago, or last, last quarter. Um, I don't believe that initiative will be 
sending the RNG and removal of natural gas into your own utility and go to some other customers. Just curious when you think you'll start to introduce RNG into your own gas distribution utility in Alberta and what you need to see from regulators and policy before you can start to make those types of investments and integrate into your own utility. Yeah, I mean, that's a uh, uh, good morning, Mark. That's a, that's a, a another great question. One of the, uh, the elements that we're pursuing uh, with the government um, in relation to hydrogen, but it's also applicable to uh, RNG. Uh, right now, the, the Gas Utilities Act does not allow for uh, or permit um, the injection of um, uh, clean fuels in order to lower the CO2 impact. Um, compared to natural gas. Uh, we are working with the uh, provincial government in order to uh, try to get them to amend the, the GUA in order to allow for that. All of the discussions so far have been you know, very receptive and have gone very, um, in a very positive nature. Um, I'll ask afterwards, Brian, if you've got anything to add, you're, you're closer to, to that than, than I am. But that's what we need in order to, to inject that, you know, blending up to, you know, potentially 20% to help lower the emissions for our customers. Brian, is that? Yeah, thank you, Jess. Yeah, and just to add on, um, yes, the provincial government is, we are working with them directly and um, they're very open to it. It's in the, in the works per se, um, in terms of allowing the hydrogen or RNG into our systems. That said, we've also introduced new producer rates that would also facilitate um, the connection of the RNG into our, our system. So we've laid the foundations uh, there and uh, we expect in short order to have those, those approvals. And then would you envisage yourself being a producer yourself uh, or some part of Canadian Utilities or ACO um, in terms of supply of RNG or is it more likely to go to third parties? Uh, no, we are uh, we are investing in RNG production as part of our uh, clean fuels initiative. The first um, the first project out of the hopper is the the, the two hills uh, RNG project at 230,000 GJs. Um, but that would be uh, you know because of the small uh, capital costs and associated earnings impact. Uh, we're looking to build a portfolio of the uh, of the RNG production facilities uh, in Alberta and also outside of Alberta. As uh, you know, our customers are are looking to help decarbonize on on their efforts. So, and that's not just in Alberta. Got it. And then I wanted to go into the segments a little bit. One is the corporate. You brought up Rumi, a new initiative that you've launched. Is there any upfront costs we have to be mindful of? might be a bit of a drag in the, in the next few quarters as you, as you start to build that. And then the second, it looks like the ACO Energy business, you know, seems to be turning forward here and doing well and contributing. Is there anything special about the contribution in this quarter Q2 um, or seasonality? Um, you know, or, or do you think that that contribution seems to have a positive impact this quarter should persist? Yeah. Um, for uh, for the first part, is, is there going to be any drag from from Rumi? No, we don't see uh, we don't see the much of a drag. We're continuing to expand our products and services into uh, you know first the Edmonton and Calgary markets. Should that um, 
or should it go should it be successful when it's successful um, we could be looking to expand that uh, outside of the of Alberta borders um, so there's a potential there so there may be some costs but that's there, there's nothing in the near term that would uh, that, that should impact the corporate results uh, the the results in in Q2 and, and year-to-date for uh, for Atco Energy buried in the in the corporate segment. There's nothing uh, unusual or one-time nature in those results that um, would cause that to be a blip. We're we're looking for continued performance out of Atco Energy as they continue to build their market share here in uh, here in Alberta. Okay. Last one is just on the Alberta distribution utilities. The gas and electric seem to have fairly strong results year-over-year improvements. Um, there was a mention for the gas about some timing of costs. Is that sort of a retrospective, or, or is that that you, you deferred some costs that will show up next quarter? And then on the electric side, is, this, is that just stronger industrial load as activity picks up in the own gas base, or is there sort of a weather factor there around residential loads in the quarter? Yeah. Um, in, in terms of uh, gas, and then I'll—I uh, I don't know the answer to the second question, so I'm going to punt that one out for to Brian too. Um, in, in terms of gas, that's uh, that's in, in your timing. So there's some uh, expenses in the in the first half of the year that we expect to incur in the second half of the of the year. Um, so there's that's the the timing that we're referring to. And Brian, on your on the load for the first uh, first bit, weather impacts. Yeah, I, just to, on on electric um, and growth in earnings. It, again, it's it's mainly driven by the continued um, you know operating efficiencies that we have implemented over the years, and we continue to see the compounding effects of those benefits. As for the load, yes, we do see strong. Um, growth in our customers. Um, we not impacted by weather per se too much, um, but it's it's really driven by um, strong customer growth, and and again mainly due to the cost efficiencies and programs that are that are that our people have implemented for the benefit of customers and shareholders over the years. Perfect. Thanks for taking my questions. Thanks, Mark. Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one. Our next question comes from Matthew Weeks, IA Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my question. I, I, I was just looking for a little bit of clarification. So uh, you talked about sort of the economic growth and... Um... Sorry, Matthew, we're having extreme difficulty hearing you. Now I can't hear you at all. Sorry, uh, can you hear me better now? Much better. Thank you, Matthew. Sorry about that. Okay, sorry about that. Thanks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was just wondering if you'd be able to comment on uh, kind of separating what the impact in the quarter was from uh, the, the settlement that that occurred in the Australian gas business, which was mentioned in the MDNA as, uh, you know, providing a tailwind versus uh, recovering economic uh, growth and inflation. Um. Yes, thanks, Matthew. I mean, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier um, with regards to inflation when I was uh, answering Andrew's question. The the impact from inflation, you know, in the first half of the the year, 
is about $7 million uplift on, uh, uh, on the results due to CPI. The, the settlement that we, that we had related to um, you know, back when we, when we bought uh, Atco Gas Australia, which it just happens to be the 10th anniversary today that we acquired um, Western Australia Gas Network or, or Wagon. Uh, that settlement added about $2 million to the Q2 results for Australia. And that's included in those in the results, and that gives you most of the, the the uplift in Australia's earnings. Okay, so it doesn't sound like it was really too material overall. No. Okay, thank you. No, for they're the they're con they're continuing they're continuing to perform and execute, and the uh, as I referred to in my opening comments, the economic activity is uh, really picking up there. Um, and we've got, uh, you know, for now, um, being able to manage the impacts of inflation on uh, on their performance. So there's, they're continuing to perform extremely well. Okay, thanks for the clarification on that. That's it for me. I'll uh, turn it back. Thanks for your question, Matthew. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Mr. Colin Jackson for any closing remarks. Thank you, operator, and thank you all for participating today. We appreciate your interest in Canadian utilities, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you, and goodbye. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating, and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.